2: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today.
1: Well, well, well. Welcome to the very first show of the new year 2023. And by the way, thanks for your support in electing me the speaker of the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio House. Uh, it was a, a landslide. Thank you for your support. Also, this morning, we're going to ask you for your predictions for the hunting and fishing changes maybe for this new year. Uh, maybe some regulations regarding trout redfish, Um, are we finally going to take a serious attempt to solve Louisiana's duck crisis, all of those things, whatever you think uh, is going to be a big story for 2023, we'd love to hear from you. You can text us at 504-260-1870. That's to go along with your fishing and hunting reports. That go along with our staff reports from our field reporters. We also take comments and questions. Some other things we'll be talking about. If you hunt the Boca National Wildlife Refuge, there could be some extra deer hunting days available due to high river. We'll give you the details on that. And we have received the Louisiana final red snapper catch totals for 2022. It's been announced, and it means some good news for Louisiana's offshore anglers for 2023. However, there's some bad news ahead if you fish red snapper in Alabama waters. We'll tell you why. Also, got a fly fishing expo coming up in a couple of weeks. I'll uh, tell you when, where, and how you can get involved in that. Uh, my activities this week. Had a really nice woodcock hunt this week in the Atchafalaya Basin. We'll talk more about hunting these incredible little birds. They really are. And what would a new for 2023 outdoor show season be without a great bad boys outdoor story? Well, we've got some illegal wabbit hunting to tell you about And if you missed our bad boy of the year election for 2022 as selected by your fellow audience members, we're going to recap that for you. Coastal marine forecast, well, if you're going out this weekend, my suggestion is do it today. Uh, I've actually postponed my Sunday trip because of the approaching front, but today looks really good. Uh, Offshore, a two-foot sea, a southeast wind about 5 to 10 knots. Uh, on the inside, it's also going to be southeasterly direction at 5 to 10. It'll be some smooth conditions, and we got a rock and roll tide out there. The average tide range is 1.6, and as you well know, a lot of moving water means a lot of moving bait, and it stimulates fish feeding activity. Time to get out there and do it. Mississippi River is at 3.6. Uh, tendency to rise. That's uh, normal for this time of the year. That certainly is going to happen. All right, got some quick text messages coming in. We're hearing from our buddy the River Rat. He's on his way to have a good day. Here's the Steel Man checking in. Uh, We got the split going on in part of our state uh, for the duck season. Uh, It'll be reopening on Monday, and I'll be out there for that one. We'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. But with the split in the Gaydon area, Steel Man, Jay Bull, and Big Burr, what a crew, uh, they decided to do some fishing in the Wrigalese this weekend. They caught some nice marsh bass the past couple days. They sight-casted a bull red. They're hoping to get on some trout action today or tomorrow. One way or the other, they've got seafood on the menu tonight. Happy hunting. That's from the Steel Man. Uh, We've also got this one coming in. Uh, This is Smokey. says, I'm working this weekend, but looking forward to hitting the water on Monday and Tuesday. Got venison in the freezer. Time to focus on the wintertime specs. Best of luck to everybody going out. Thank you for that, Smokey. And we also have uh, Brian Hutchinson. He's headed to Norwood to hunt the start of the rut. Hope everyone has a safe and happy weekend. Well, I believe the rut has started in a lot of areas. Maybe it's just getting ready to start there, but it is a great time to get out there if you're a deer hunter. And, Will, you're hearing from the backstrap stacker. He's in Clark County, Alabama. Got a few deer chasing up there. There's plenty of does and yearlings still in tow. Uh, a little He and the little backstrap stacker, Backstrap Stacker Jr., they headed for the woods to see if they can find a buck looking for love. Well, I hope you do, and even if you don't, you and your uh, little Backstrap Stacker really enjoy that. We love hearing from you. All right, we come back after this. We're going to talk to Robbie Campo. He's returning from a frigid deer hunt up in Kentucky, back to Shell Beach, and he's got a report for you. It's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network Right, he has been out on leave for a couple of weeks. Glenn Sanchez did a great job filling in for him, reporting on us on the St. Bernard area. I'm talking about Robbie Campo at Campo's Marina. And welcome back, Robbie. We want to hear all about Kentucky. I know that first part of your hunt was pretty frigid up there.
3: Yeah, Don, we wound up getting uh, seven inches of snow up there, and um, it, was, it, was a little, it was a little cold. It was minus nine a couple of days. Um. Uh, and then it warmed up, and <clears throat> I say it warmed up. It warmed up in the 20s, where you could actually get outside and go do some hunting, and uh, managed to, managed to get a buck that I've been chasing for three seasons. Um. So uh, um, <laughs> it was it was a success. It was uh it was all right.
1: Congratulations! Three years you've been watching this buck.
3: Yeah, I've been. I haven't. I had him on camera for three years, and I hadn't had a chance to. You know, come across him, and I, uh, and me and him came. You know, we crossed paths this uh, this past gun season in November, but I couldn't pull off the shot. It was uh, it was a little bit too dark in the morning. Uh, I had just gotten a stand, and I seen he passed right. I mean, like 20 yards from me, and I couldn't I couldn't get him in the scope. So I, I let him walk, and uh, I I figured I said, well, if we're gonna if I'm gonna have a chance to get this buck, it's gonna be when you know when it's still when it gets really cold cuz he's got to eat. I know he's been chasing those for 2 months now. I said he's he's got to eat. So I went corn piled him cuz it's legal to bait up there. So I corn piled him and sure enough he came into that corner and I got him with the crossbow. So um <laughs> it was it, it, it was I was it was like uh it was like well that's done. So uh it was the end of an era for him and It was a success for me, I guess.
1: Uh, That's great. Now, were you blood tracking him in the snow?
3: Don, he went 20 yards and flopped over on the ground, and I I didn't have to go anywhere to go. I didn't have to track him anywhere. I I could see him. He just keeled over, double lunged him, and, man, he just rolled right over and, and keeled over 20 yards from where I shot him.
1: What a great story. Well, Robbie, while you were gone, it was pretty cold here. We had a jubilee in the bayou. Uh, you know, Glenn and I were talking about it. You know, that phenomenon when it gets real, real cold, the water's the a the, 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 the little deeper there in Bayou Lutra, and they stack up. And people were already texting me before we got off there. They were lining up and catching reds down there. How's it been this week?
3: Well, this week here, you know, of course, the red that, that redfish phenomenon is over with. So, you know, it's been warmed up and – and uh, you know the redfish that was in the bayou here just moved back up into the marshes, but I tell you, Don, it's, the fishing has been—it's you know—and and yesterday water temperatures got up to like 59 degrees, and I figured trout would have just you know been on these flats and turned back on, but that has not happened, um, and I'm not really sure. And we didn't have any fish kill around here, to, you know. I nobody that I know of saw any dead fish, so. Um, I just think they're still lethargic and not wanting to bite. But um, you know, I think today's you know today's going to be another warm day. Uh, it's supposed to get up around seventy today, so hopefully that it warms this water up and it kicks it off where these fish start eating a little bit. Now, a few fish that were caught this past week were all full of glass minnows. Um, there's no there's no live shrimp left around here to catch. Uh, Zach went yesterday, caught fifty. 55 live shrimp. So, in five drags. So he didn't. That wasn't. You know, uh, shrimp are gone. That's over with. So, but the but the speckled trout that were cleaned on the table here, um, they were spit. You know, they had glass minerals in them. So, uh, I think if you use anything that's kind of clear, small but clear plastics. You know, whatever you like. I. I you know what I mean. We're not going to get into names of all these things, but whatever you like, that small. That's clear. That has a sharp-tus tail. I think um, I think you'll be successful with uh, you know catching some speckle trout. And they did catch some speckle trout up the channel here, by right uh, about four miles up, to, up going up toward the wall up there. So, um, and now look, if you want to go do the meat run, <laughs> we're out there by the long rocks. It's going to be a beautiful day. You can go out by the long rocks with some dead shrimp and a jig head. You can catch all the sheephead you want, all the puppy drums you want, all the redfish you want. They are out there. They are stacked up. So by the cut in the rocks, they got plenty plenty of that action going out there. People that went yesterday did very well, and I think you can be able to do the same thing today with no problem. Um, up in the interior marshes around Milo and Sioux and up in those bayous and those deep turns, plenty freshwater catfish on the bottoms if you want to go try to catch them, and that doesn't require – you know, it's not rocket science there either. It's just a dead shrimp on the bottom and I think you could you could probably fill the boat up with that. Um, still catching a few bass around here, Don, so um, uh, you know, this the water's gonna be falling all day and those bass are coming out of those ponds and they them on the points and, you know, fishing the points along the ship channel here, along Mystic Oak. And they've been catching plenty of those little those little bass around here and you're know, allowed ten and they've You know, and and they've been eating up pretty good. So um, you have options. It's what you want to do with them. But if today's your day to fish, and you're coming on down here, hook the left at the bridge and come on down and see us. My camp, yeah, we're waiting on you and get you in the water.
1: Well, you offered a lot of uh, different options there, you know, everything from uh, trying to hunt a few speckled trout and reds to a meat haul with sheephead and the bottom feeders, and you got blue catfish and freshwater bass down there. And you're right, that that tide is going to fall real hard, until about 1 o'clock this evening, and uh, today's a, the day to do it because tomorrow they're talking 80% chance of some showers and stuff. Got another little front coming, so I would suggest they get out there today and get her done. Robbie, thanks for the report, and uh, congratulations, and, and thanks for that great story on the hunt. I need to get in touch with you a little bit later on. I want to talk to you about making an Osceola turkey hunt.
3: Okay. All right. We'll do it. All right. I'll All talk to you uh, later on this morning when you finish the show.
1: Okay. All right. Robbie. Thank
3: All right, you, buddy. All right. Later. Bye-bye.
1: All right, we welcome him back. He's been up in Kentucky in a great deer story. All right, coming back after this, we're going to talk to Jeff Brule. He's our freshwater fishing expert. He's got some advice for you, some tips, and also talk a little bit about tournament fishing. You know, bass tournament fishing has kind of fallen off a little bit, but there's still lots of opportunities if you want to get into a bass club. Uh, not only a good way to meet other people and become a better fisherman, but also have some fun and compete. We'll be right back with Jeff's report after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Oh, yeah, that bass can win the game an awful lot of times. Jeff Rule gives us a report. It's brought to you by Pure Fishing and Pure Fishing's Abu Garcia. They're the makers of the xenon rods and reels. Modern materials and minimalist design make Xenon the lightest, most advanced line of rods and reels to date. Look for Xenon at your favorite tackle store, or you can see the whole line at purefishing.com. Good morning, Jeff. Uh, let's pick up where Robbie left off. They're talking about some bass down in the Shell Beach area in uh, Hopedale. What about Chef Pass and the marsh areas there a little closer to the city? What you finding there?
0: Uh, same thing. There'd probably your better choices with all the rivers being high this week, but uh, the action's slow, but they're, the bass are plentiful. Uh, you know, they're not the great big trophies you get in some of these inland reservoirs, but they're just fun to catch and um, keep a few because hurricanes usually usually kill them every year. But uh, if you're looking for the points along the deeper canals and the bayous, that's kind of your best spots this time of year. Your soft plastic, Ned rigs, slow rolling a spinner bait. Those are some good good options. But also this time of year, don't forget the middle of the bayou because sometimes when that temperature falls, those deeper holes are kind of where the production spots are. It's kind of like the Redfish Jubilee. You get out in that deeper water, there's uh, some temperature change that holds the fish there that sometimes that's the best spot to fish.
1: Uh, Jeff, I was uh, down hunting in the spillway, not the Bonacari. I'm talking about the Jaffalaya and uh, quite a few people fishing out there. What's going on in that area?
0: The uh, good news is the river's still below four feet in Morgan City. It, it is supposed to rise probably the next couple of weeks. But, uh, again, the lower marshes, those are some of the better areas. But, yeah, I'm starting to get a few reports of the lay gathering up and guys catching them on minnows, shiners right now. But often, if you don't have a shiner on there this time of year, you're not getting too many bites. So they seem to want that little wiggle on that bait to sit and the, to to bite. So try that. Um, bass are moving up into canals. So target the you know the front end of the dead ends to the middle section. They're not all the way in the back yet. The water temperature's are still kind of cold, but you know it's getting that time of year where the spawn's not too far away. If we get a week or two of warmer weather, it'll start by the end of January. Uh, but jigs, suspending jerk baits, and just slow moving salt thick baits are good this time of year in the basin.
1: Jeff, uh, f- talking about those uh, sockele, white perch, whatever you want to call them, in the basin, after we left our hunt uh, on, I think it was Thursday, I'll lose track of the days. Um, no, maybe it was Wednesday. But anyway, um, one of the guys went sockele fishing, and he said it was real slow until right before dark, and the bite kind of turned on, and he managed to get, I think he had 14 of them. But he said that they were, uh, a lot of them got off because they, they were the lips, you know how soft they the intended the lips are on those fish. But he said they weren't really biting real good. You know, sometimes how they just, you see your, your cork maybe just twitch a little bit, and then they're very lethargic. Is that because of the cold water? Uh, where they Are they just not reluctant to feed when it's like that, and they're hitting out of instinct? And what can you do to overcome that?
0: I find that's true for the bass, too, this time of year. A lot of times what I'll do is, especially with a soft plastic, I'll just pause an extra second or two this time of year. You don't need to do that immediate hook set. Just Let them kind of eat it. You know, he might have been setting the hook a little too fast. You know, sometimes when your car goes down, you don't want to set the hook anyway. But, you know, sometimes just let them take it on down, and then they'll they'll get it in their mouth far enough where you can get into that bony part of their mouth. But, yeah, I agree. I Just probably a delay in the hook set this time of year because the water's so cold. I don't know if they're reluctant to bite, but, yeah, it's just I find sometimes, especially with the bass, I just let them kind of swim around with it. If they don't know I'm on the other end of the rod, I just wait and then set the hook.
1: Jeff, uh, the rivers, uh, North Shore Rivers, Mississippi River coming up. Uh, I know the Pearl River, I believe it's a little bit above, I think it's at 16, which is above flood stage over there. And it's high, it's muddy. If somebody wants to fish that area, should they get back in off of those or, or just head to the marsh areas?
0: Uh, you probably stay on the lower end. I mean, you can not catch fish if you get a good fall and tide. But the problem with this time of year is when that river gets real high like that, then fish will get up kind of start to eat the crawfish that are starting to come out and they'll get way up in those bayous and drains and unless you've got a small flat boat, it's just hard to get up into those places with a bigger boat to catch the fish. But, I mean, you can always catch fish in muddy water, cold water, it's just you have to change the tactics, slow down and, you know, try to find out a pattern where they're sitting and usually it's on points and then drains and uh, try that and with as a jig. That's a good time to fish a jig is when they're feeding on these crawfish in January.
1: New year, uh, Jeff, let's hope that that area around uh, the Tickfar, Tangipahoe, some of those rivers over there in Tangipahoe Parish uh, make a comeback. You know, they were really hit hard by Ida, but those fish always come back. Let's hope this is the year. and I'd like to put the word out to any of the listeners out there in the audience. If you get some reports uh, this spring on that area, let us know what's happening over there. Jeff, it's also a new year, and a lot of people start off with the new year. They want to fish bass tournaments. Update us on the status of, of local tournaments. And we're not talking about the Classic and the BASS and the big-time stuff, but just the fruit jar tournaments, as they used to be called in those times. Wednesday evening, what's the, what's the picture look like?
0: Oh, it's good. Um, you, you're not going to find too many over towards the area, area, uh, the rivers and west that way. But, you know, locally from Covington on through the Pearl, all around through New Orleans, there's always some kind of local tournament going on. And this is the time of year you want to join your local club because you're fishing for the points for angle of the year usually, and they'll have some kind of reward or trophy at the end of the year. Uh, there's some little local circuits that you can fish, and some of them are actually connected to <clears throat> bigger uh tournaments say another part of the country if you want to do a little traveling, it's always a new place to fish, that's fun. And then if you got a partner and you want to do team trails, they got those too. So just about everybody of water from Texas all the way over to Alabama, they got some type of tournament going on. But usually they kick off this time of year. On the North Shore you got Liars and Lunkers and Pearl River Team Trail, Bass Assassins and more. And then usually about February on the weekends they'll start the the evening tournaments early on the weekend just because of um, the time change. And then usually when they spring forward, they'll start on the day of the week that they're going to normally occur. But I know the one in Covington, they're still rolling strong, and they're probably going to start sometimes next month. And as soon as I get the dates on that, I'll I'll let y'all know. But plenty of opportunity to have fun, learn. uh, learn. And a lot of times this is just a source of information. You can talk to some of the guys, they're not going to – give you their honey holes, but yeah, they'll share what baits they're using and techniques, and sometimes you can just take that information, do a little study, and you'll be able to pick up on it.
1: Yeah, I know a real popular place used to be Hilltop, heading right out of that. They're still fishing tournaments there. Of course, False River, uh, they've got some little uh, small tournament and evening angler circuits over there too. So uh, just check around. You can find them at your local marinas, and uh, Jeff will be putting out some more information as we get it. Jeff, thanks for the report. We appreciate it, and thanks for joining us and signing up for another year.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, next couple of weeks, I'll be talking about the spawn, getting ready for it. It's getting that time of year.
1: Yes, indeed. Thanks again, Jeff. Appreciate it. All right, Jeff Bruhl, our freshwater fishing reporter. We also got some other reports coming out. We're not going to hear from Mike Gallo. He sent me a report, but uh, poor Mike has uh, got some uh, vocal problems. <laughs> I, look, I can identify with that, as y'all may recall. Uh, that was another story for another day. We'll take a time out here when we come back. We're going to talk about some of your text messages to 504-260-1870. Red Snapper, what's it look like for the coming new year, and lots of other stuff you and I love to talk about it. We do it right here on the Outdoors with Down Dubuque Radio Network. All right, throughout the show, we invite your text messages, 504-260-1870, your reports, your questions, your comments, your hopes and wishes and predictions for 2023, we'd love to hear from you. We're hearing from Ed, our buddy uh, Ed Miller over in Wilmer, Alabama, and he says Alabama might have a new record on alligator gar. I I didn't get that word, Ed. Maybe fill us in a little bit more details. But I did hear this week that there were 11 new fish records set this past year, 2022, in Alabama, including a 16-pound, 6-ounce sheephead, an 8-pound, 2-ounce permit, a 9-pound, 2-ounce porgy, a thirteen-pound one-ounce jack, a black-line tilefish, one six, a horse-eye jack. I'm familiar with that—thirty pounds four ounces. A lizardfish, one pound eleven ounces. This one I don't know. A silvery John dory, five pound new record, and a red cornetfish. I've seen pictures, but never seen one alive. Two five. All of those were new records set in Alabama. Alabama's going to have a very tough Red Snapper year this year. I'll be back to tell you why. But first, we're going to pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Down Dubuque Radio Network. Uh, everyone knows if you fish offshore that uh, red snapper was, uh, enjoyed a good season out there. The weather was conducive to getting out there. And the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries now uh, has announced the official final red snapper landing estimates, which stopped at about 811,000 pounds and some change. That was 101%. It <laughs> doesn't get much closer than that, than the 809,000 we were allocated. That means that Louisiana has to pay back. 2,347 pounds next year. But even considering that, uh, we are going to have a a nice quota for 2023. It'll be 880,096 pounds, which is probably almost 70,000 above what was caught last year. So things are looking good for Louisiana Red Snapper. Not so good for Alabama. If you recall, a couple weeks ago I made the announcement that the the, uh, Al- the NOAA Fisheries has determined that Alabama went way over their limit. Uh, Scott Bannon, who is the Marine Resource Division Director for the Department of uh, Conservation and Natural Resources, said that uh, it go- went into effect this, this past January 1, this week, Alabama's recreational fishermen are going to have a 51% decrease in the 2023 red snapper quota, which will drop it down to 558,200 pounds. Now, he said the reason for that is NOAA is using a calibration factor to account for the differences in the harvest estimates between the feds and Alabama's collection programs. They say Alabama miscalculated and went way over the limit. Given the payback, they have to drop it 51%, a little over half of what was allocated in 2022. Not good for... Red Snapper fishermen in Alabama. Do have some good news for those of you who like to hunt deer on Bogachita National Wildlife Refuge. Uh, the Since we had High River back on December 22nd, Bogachitta closes their wildlife refuge to hunting when the gauge gets to 15.5, and it reduced the deer gun hunt by four days because it was closed. Well, they're going to allow for additional hunting opportunities for either sex gun hunt days January 13th, Through the 16th, those four days. Now that is dependent upon the river being below flood stage. If the river is over 15.5, it will remain closed, but if it's under and looking at the gauge, it's anticipated it will drop in time. You're going to have four extra days to hunt either sex deer on Bogachita doing that January 13th through 16th. Might want to take advantage of that. Bogachita National Wildlife Refuge, um, actually up in. uh, north of the Pearl River Management Area. It kind of butts up against it and extends uh, St. Tammany, Washington Parishes. Uh, oh, excuse me. We come back after this. Uh, we got some more fishing reports. Also, your text messages. We're hearing from Roland Cortez. He's hunting up in northeast Louisiana. we got the old colonel, Justin's in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. we got an Ohio listener and an explanation on the John Dory. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, we get text messages in from our listeners. That's how we communicate around here. It's 504-260-187 if you'd like to chime in. i got Bo checking in. He says, good morning, Don, headed to Pearl River Wildlife Management. A little late season bow hunting. Rut still happening. Bo, um, according to what I see on the Pearl River gauge, it's at 16 feet, so it may or may not be closed. I did not get a... A notice from the department saying that the management area is closed, but if anyone has been there and the signs are up and it's closed, uh, please text us back and let us know so we can pass that information along. Uh, hearing from our buddy Roland Cortez, professional duck hunting guide, he's up at Dave's Bayou Lodge and Outfitters in northeast Louisiana. Ducks and speckle bellied geese has been good the last few days. Uh, Roland sent me some pictures, and they have just been whacking them up there. It's been a good year for them. Uh, the old Colonel from Redwood, Mississippi. It's the last day of deer hunting for them. It's been a great season. They're going to focus on the ducks for the rest of the month. Good luck to you, Colonel. And we got Justin in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. He's looking forward to another year of the outdoor show. And he's playing frisbee with his buddy Long Overdue. You know, I got a frisbee for my retrieving dog, and she don't want anything to do with it. She'll pretty much fetch anything, including a lot of birds, but she does not like frisbee. Um, okay, here's, uh, someone fished Hopedale Wednesday, caught two sheephead, two undersized specks, normally have dozens of white trout, sheephead, and a couple reds, fishing was terrible, didn't catch a single catfish, we typically catch dozens of these nuisance cats, well, you're not going to catch those guys in the, this time of the year very much, the the hardheads I'm talking about, they kind of move out, they get scarce, but, boy, you can count on them being back once the spring and the live page season comes back. Freshwater cats, different story. I had a trip planned for tomorrow, which we're going to postpone because of the weather because the way we do it, it's got to be right. But we'll, we'll let you know more about that. All right, here's a chilly good morning from Ohio. Don't y'all feel a little guilty killing a being that's smart enough to elude you for three years, ending a noble beast gene pool? Remember the deer hunter face-to-face, he wouldn't kill his adversary. Well, I don't want to get all philosophical here, but deer hunting or any hunting is is a part of nature. Uh, You know, things have to die for other things to live, and as long as it's fair chase and it's done right, um, believe me, the odds are generally in the deer's favor. And uh, not everybody gets a deer every time they go out by any means, and you know, it's, it's it's a challenge, and it provides some good food for the table. And uh, of course, deer don't live forever, just like like people. Uh, here's another one: it says, "Does anyone ever hunt with paint guns? So you take the deer without killing it? I, I don't get that. What would shooting a deer with a paintball accomplish, other than putting a splotch of paint on a deer? Um, you know, if you don't want to kill the deer, but you want to go out and observe them, bring a camera, sit in a deer stand, take pictures." Uh, not everybody wants to kill the animals. Uh, you know, some people kill them for food. Uh, some kill for trophy. But, uh, I don't know, just to shoot a, with a paintball gun, I, I don't get that. I don't see what that would accomplish. Anyway, here's someone. Uh, some, oh, it's Bart. He's sitting in a deer blind in Baxterville, Mississippi, waiting for Elvis to chase a toe across his food plot. Well, if Elvis comes by, uh, treat him to something special. All right, here's someone says, when will we need to start looking at the half-inch mark for specs, or did that already go into effect? No, it did not. We're still dealing with the 12-inch. There's talk of going to a 13-and-a-half-inch. That's not set in stone. It looks pretty strong. I would anticipate they will probably approve that, unless let's go to legislature, sometime in the spring or possibly early summer that may take effect. And we will let you know when that happens. And Clint has an explanation of what a John Dory fish is. It's typically caught off the shelf, deep dropping. So I guess it would be caught incidentally to sword fishing. Uh, I'll have to Google that and see a picture of it. Not familiar with that. And here's a question How many pounds of red snapper have commercial fishermen caught? I don't have that number in front of me, but that doesn't have anything to do with the. Well, it does, in a way. They get a separate quota from the recreational fishermen. And here's someone says, had good luck with the one-eyed dog. Now, you'll end up on my bad boys if you're doing that. Hope you're joking. All right, uh, here's something that's coming up. The Fly Fishing Expo 2023 It's being presented by the New Orleans Fly Fishers Club. It's going to be January 21st. So we've got a couple of weeks uh, before that. St. Christopher's Gymnasium on Durbany Street in Metairie, 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. It's a full day. Fly casting seminars, demonstration, fly tying, auctions, raffles. Um, they're going to have outdoor equipment displays and vendors and a kids' casting program. It's all free. Go to New Orleans Fish fly, I'm sorry, New Orleans Fly and check them out there. One of the chartered with the International Fly Fishing Club. And if you're interested or have any interest in fly fishing, becoming a fly, I would strongly urge you to go to this. You will learn an awful lot, and it's all free. Again, it's at St. Christopher's Gymnasium on Durbany Street in Metairie. That's January 21st from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. More information, NewOrleansFlyFishers.com. All right, time to take a break. And when we come back, Daryl Carpenter is going to update us on the Grand Isle area situation. How's the fishing been down there? We'll get a... His take on it right after this pause on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's say good morning and a happy new year to Captain Daryl Carpenter of realscreamers.com. Uh, he checks out the Grand Isle area for us each and every week. Daryl, what's happening down there?
2: Oh, God, man, who who would have thought after the week we had for Christmas that we would now be the, the Caribbean again? You know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's been a great week. Uh, weather-wise, it's been a great week. You know, in our part of the world, a lot of times weather depicts what we do this time of the year. But, Don, you were talking about that front and that weather that's coming in tomorrow. I'm looking at the wind forecast. There's not even going to be a wind shift for this thing if the forecast is correct. Uh,
3: I don't see it how like, it can
1: be that way, but it could just be like summertime, pop-up storms. But, you know, generally this time of the year, we get a sucking effect from the south, and then it switches around and blows from the north and the west. But it uh, doesn't look like that as far as the forecast. But then yeah, again, sometimes forecast, those sometimes they're wrong, sometimes.
2: Yeah. Well, every forecast I'm seeing has got it 10 miles an hour or less until Thursday of next week. So looks like we're going to have a good week of fishing. Um The speckled trout, you know, the side of the road has been consistent but not on fire because this isn't, you know, 70-degree temps is not the the perfect weather for that side of the road type of stuff. Uh, Redfish have picked up, which has been a good thing. Redfish has picked up really well. Um, We've got a phenomenon that happens, you know, August, September, you see all these pictures, all these massive schools of bull reds out in the Gulf, you know, just tearing everything up. It happens with the smaller reds usually a couple of times a year. Usually it happens October, November, and then again it happens in the spring around March, where the same thing happens inside. The schools won't be as big, but the redfish really start ganging up and patrolling in schools. And while we didn't hear about too much of that in October, November, I've gotten multiple reports, multiple reports out of the marsh that this past week, a lot of people ran into those just ravenous schools of redfish. So, you know, if you find one, you you find a school of 20, 30 fish, and they're all just patrolling and eating everything that, that pops in front of them. So the redfish have been really well. Uh, you know, the, the problem we're having and going to have all week long is going to be the gnats. I mean, if that wind forecast is correct and that wind doesn't blow – you need to go well fortified to protect yourself from those gnats. Uh, but other than that, redfish and sheephead ought to be a, ought to be the ticket. And then, you know, I'm sure the trout are in limbo. They're trying to figure out: Do I need to get to the dig of deep holes, you know, to protect myself from a freeze, or is the summertime coming and a shrimp ought to be here pretty soon?
1: Darrell, how about further up? Uh, getting any reports from uh, Leeville area up in that neck of the woods? Uh, any speckled trout or that water still cold and and low
2: yeah well no it's it's not low we've had enough south wind and and you know pretty much don and i guess we should do that uh you know we should emphasize that pretty much any of the reports that i give nowadays especially it involves marsh fishing is leeville north because anything south of leeville there's no marsh left um uh pricing autopilots for my boat. So the first 30, 45 minutes of my drive, you know, I can just put it on autopilot and go because other than a crab trap, there's nothing to miss anymore. But, uh, but no, with this time of the year, when we go to talking, I'm talking Leeville further north, all the way up to Golden Meadow and just about to Lafitte. Um, you know, this, you got to go just about to Lafitte now to find any, any concentration of trout. Um, although with these good, you know, you get just a little bit west of us with these good weather days, man, they still slaughtering some trout out on the coast.
1: Darrell, how about that winter sheephead run? Any reports of that yet?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has started. It has started. Uh, all you got to do, like I said, well, you know, they after Ida, Ida damaged a lot of stuff in Terrier Bay, and they've really been working overtime tearing it out. So stuff like uh, people are familiar with Hotel Sid, the big platforms, uh, the Saturday Island platform, and some of the other platforms that we catch sheephead on a lot, all of those have now been ripped out. And they've been working overtime pulling them out. So you need to concentrate around rocks. You know, we've got all the rocks around the backside of the island. Or you got to spend a little time and find you, find you some oyster reefs on the inside. But you find that kind of stuff, dead shrimp. And like Robbie said, I've done gotten to where I don't fish them unless I'm fishing them with a jig head. Um, and, yeah, you ought to be able to just, between now and March, you ought to be able to just slam the sheep head left and right.
1: Yep, very good fish, and uh, I know you got a special way to clean them. I don't know if we have that on video, so I think we have it on one of our shows where you did that demonstration on them.
2: Yeah, and basically it's just you kind of fillet them out like a deer. Um, you know, you stay away. We all know they've got major scales, so you need a good sharp pointed knife to get up underneath those scales. And once you get under them, you just stay away from the bones. I mean, you know, people are. They've got all the gimmick things, you know, the, the one-handed uh, reciprocating saws with, with knife blades and all on them now. But still, I mean, even at that, those, those bones are going to tear up knife blades. Just stay away from the bones. No, you might lose a little bit of meat, but like I said, it's, it's a meat haul. It's a, it's a freezer filler. You can go out there and come back with a 100 of them, and there's right. no big deal on it. I mean, they're commercially harvested fish. They're, they're in great abundance. Yeah, you know, and the only time people really target them is wintertime.
1: Yeah, and you can wrap them in cheesecloth and put them in a crab boil like I do. And, boy, they come out great like that. And you don't have to worry about bones or scales or nothing. Just cut the head off, gut them, wrap them in cheesecloth, and do a do a crab boil on them. Darrell, we got to go. And Thanks for the report, my friend. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Y'all have
2: a good day, Don.
1: Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. That's rodandreel.com. We're back after this with our number two of the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network